that kids are doing now that just scares the crap out of me. You know, when, when I grew up and kids played with they were smoking cigarettes and smuggling beers or maybe getting some, you know, to smoke. But mm-hmm. I mean, now, you know, people are taking stuff and they're just dead. What's the most expensive ticket you've seen sold? Super Bowl tickets, always. Mm. 50K. 50K? Yeah. Well, no, you could see a million dollars for a suite. Boom. What? Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Eric Fuller. Hey, everybody. Fuller. What's going on? What's man. up, Mr. Fuller? How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking yourself. I'm good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain So give all. people a little story of your journey. Well, my journey, my journey is long because I'm old, which mm-hmm. is helpful. Are so you old? I am 62 years old. You're not 62. I promise you. 62 wow. years old. Yeah. I thought you was 32. Oh, now you're a liar. <laughs> your name for the rest of the day is going to be the black-hatted liar. <laughs> right. Blue you're hat. probably a Mets hat. Yeah, probably yeah. a Mets fan yeah, wearing yeah. the Yankees yeah, cap. Right. That's exactly. what that's going on. I, I like the Mets colors better. I ain't going to lie to you. Steve Cohen's your new best friend. Right. I'll put in a call for you. Thanks. So, yeah, so my journey's long. I mean, you know, I, I did all the classic stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to school and graduate school and worked serious jobs mm-hmm. and then decided to have some fun. So mm-hmm. I got involved in... Uh, live entertainment mm. and got mixed up with crazy people like you all, mm-hmm. which has just uh, been an experience and a half for me. Mm-hmm. Is that how you're backstage at every music festival, Coachella, EDC and all that? Uh, I think I'm backstage at every music festival because I'm a curiosity. Nobody expects a guy like me to be jumping up and down on the stage with, <laughs> you know, uh, Jamie XX mm-hmm. at, uh, in Miami or, mm-hmm. or you know, with the Chili Peppers or mm-hmm. Griffin in uh, the Gulf Coast of, of Alabama. Right. Mm. But I, I love it. I, I want to be in the mix all the time. Mm. It's just right. fun. So what's the secret to getting into these exclusive events? I've seen you get in every event we've been to. You just walk up, skip the line. What's the secret sauce? Well, I, I worked hard and people know me. So He owns a venue. <laughs> Don't be giving that away, man. Right. Now I'm going to get a million uh, phone calls. <laughs> no, you know, I, I've done the work. Right. So... Uh, like in any business, when when people get to know you because you have a good reputation, mm-hmm. when you know, I have a lot of published magazine stories, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of podcasts that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, people know what I do and they want me to come and look at what they do. And, mm-hmm. and maybe there's some affinity. Maybe I can do something to help them or, or there's a reason that they want me to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And just naturally with that comes uh, you know invitations to stuff. And then the other secret, and, and I'll teach it to you later, is you just have to be a little bit cool. You just just a little, just not too much. Yeah. You need something unique about you, right? Yeah, I mean, and I'm a curiosity. I mean, nobody my age is doing the kind of stuff I'm doing. I did five festival weekends, 15 days on festival fields in the last six weeks in three states, and and it's just because you know I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by the craft of art, mm. and 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 culturally. When when I when I look at things, I look at culture. Mm-hmm. I look at culture in a, a new city. I look at the the food in the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Where, where do people drink? Or the bars? What music are they listening to? Mm-hmm. I go I go look at their art museums, mm-hmm. and then I want to see you know what what performance they're about, right. because that tells you what your community looks like mm-hmm. better than you know reading a guidebook and and just 
driving around on a bus where they point out the Eiffel Tower for th- enough time to take a picture and keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like I was being, a, you like to stay young, like in in a sense, being involved and in standing in a no and having fun still. Well, it's the weirdest thing in the world if you allow it. Mm-hmm is you actually kind of stay the same inside. I mean, the calendar changes, mm-hmm. the mirror starts to lie, mm-hmm. right? You look at it and you go, Why, what's my dad doing in that mirror, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're in your head, mm-hmm. you know, unless you trap yourself, you feel kind of the same. You're like, this is exciting. There's people here to talk to. There's, there's sound and light and, and energy. And, and if that's attractive, which for most people it is, then you're just part of the the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this all the time in my writing and in in the podcasts I do. When you go to a live event, Mm -hmm. particularly a live music event, you have what I call the collective cathartic experience of a crowd. Mm -hmm. And that's where you take a group of 100 or 1,000 or 25,000 people that don't know each other at all, but that are sharing the same actual experience in real time, Mm -hmm. and they're bonding. Mm -hmm. You're, You're becoming one uniform group of people Mm -hmm. that are experiencing something through your eyes and ears Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's just the most fantastic uh, thing that can happen Mm -hmm. to somebody. And there's a lot of money in these music festivals, right? There's a lot of money in some music festivals. Music festivals are very different uh, depending on the size. Uh, You make money in a music festival in in a couple of ways. You you sell tickets. Mm You sell alcohol, a lot of money in selling alcohol. Mm-hmm. You sell food, you sell merchandise. And, and then when you sell tickets, and this is really what's getting complicated, you have to figure out what are your levels of VIP access. Because in the world that we have now, we have a class of people that are so rich mm-hmm. that they'll pay anything to have the top experience. Mm. And at a festival, that might mean that it's a special tent with you know fancy food and unlimited top shelf alcohol. Mm-hmm. And a special place where you can hang out with you and 20 of your best friends on top of a, a structure that's like a cabana. There's a row of cabanas mm-hmm. right. with a with a good view. Right. And then the next level down might be uh, a, an area that doesn't have a private cabana and doesn't have the fancy food or the alcohol, but you're still in a private space if you want it. Mm-hmm. You could be anywhere else, but you can hide from it. Mm. And in a in a huge festival where there's 15, 20,000 people in a hot field, you may want the ability to pull back. Mm. Next level down from that might be just a, a VIP space where they dug a couple of swimming pools that are two feet deep. Mm-hmm. So you can sit around the pool in a, in a bathing suit and jump in it if it's hot outside. Mm. And then whatever's left over, they sell as GA. And, and the spread might be 10x between the lowest price ticket to just get in and see the show mm-hmm. and the highest price ticket. And, Is that the and reason why Beyonce tickets are four thousand each? Well, her tickets aren't four thousand each. So that's a lie. Um, there, there's a very small number of Beyonce tickets that were selling at four, two thousand dollars or more okay. on the primary market. Mm. Some of those got flipped out to the secondary market, okay, where it's it's just a yeah, but it's profit. A, well, it, it, it's not necessarily profit. It's sort of a, a testing of the market, oh, gotcha. right? What, what's, what happens is you put a tour out with Beyonce. She hasn't toured in seven years. Mm-hmm. She's got arenas that seat between 14 and 19,000 people. Which is going to be sold out. Which sure. are going to be sold out. Mm-hmm. But Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, they're not afraid to get paid. 
So maybe what you do is you sell 15,000 tickets out of the gate at mm -hmm. scaled prices, mm -hmm. you know, very high in the front and not too bad in the back. So you don't make all the fans upset. Mm -hmm. And then you keep some really good ones back. And as it gets closer to the date, you try it out. You might say, here's two seats mm -hmm. that are in the second row. They're 2,000 each. Mm -hmm. Here's two other seats in the second row. They're 2,500 each. If they sell, maybe you try two more at 3000 mm -hmm. and you're just kind of fooling around with it to see how much gotcha. you can get. What's the most expensive ticket you've seen sold? Super Bowl tickets, always. Mm. 50K. 50K? Yeah. Well, no, you could see a million dollars for a suite. Boom. What? Yeah, you People could see... People pay a mil for that? Well, but it might have 20 tickets. Okay. Right? Still, that's like 40K each. Well, but it's because it's it's corporate money. Right. It's 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 not coming out of your back pocket or mine. It's, okay. you know, some giant corporation that wants to take their very best clients to, you know, what's sort of the natural the national obsession, mm -hmm. the most important single event and of the year. tax time, too. Well, end of the year. February. Well, it's in February. February. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah. April. Spending right. expense marketing. Well, but it's an expense for the next year's April. Right. Yeah. Because you're always you're always paying oh, yeah, a calendar. Yeah. Year. Yeah. 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 I had to learn about taxes, too. That's kind of important. I'll talk to you about taxes <laughs> yeah, later, yeah. man. Yeah, if you don't understand taxes, you're throwing away half your money right out of the gate. No, I'm you just saying, with, I mean, it's still that that event is still tax deductible, is what I'm saying, overall. Just because you've spent that much on a corporate event, you get to deduct it from Actually, the tax code now, if I, if I believe the tax code now does not allow you to deduct tickets anymore as a, de as a taxable deduction. Mm. Um, but probably everything else they do, bringing in the mm. the people on a private jet and, you know, some yeah, other hotels. Yeah, you would think the marketing can... aspect, I mean, you're spending a million dollars on a suite, so. Well, the government has funny rules, and, and probably not for this podcast. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won't get financial advice here. <laughs> right, yes. right, right, Check right. with your local tax advisors. <laughs> right, Don't listen right. to people on podcasts right, about taxes. Right. And then how do you get involved with Forbes? Um, I was uh, working with Forbes on some stories where they would call me as somebody that had experience in, in the live entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And after helping them with a number of stories, I said, hey, you know, I actually really know this space. Mm -hmm. um, how about I write some of these? And they said, well, let's see. And, you know, we're 150 stories in now. Mm. So I, I believe I've passed the audition. Yeah, I think you did good. So far. Still it's hard auditioning though. a little bit, kind of. Well, it's hard, though, because when you write sort of the same thing over and over and over, you have to think of different ways to write it. Right. You know, you don't you don't want to just like have a plug and play story. Mm. You have to find the, the little nugget of what makes each story individually interesting. Mm. Very much like what we're doing here. You, mm -hmm. you just you're trying to figure out. You know, you've had three people in your podcast booth today, and each of us, I'm sure, is very, very different. Mm -hmm. And and you have to sort of figure out what the what the highlight is that you're trying to pull out of each person. Right. Right. So you've obviously made a ton of money, had a lot of success. You could retire right now if you wanted to. So what keeps you going? Oh, you know, I'll work forever. I I mean, I, I, like I you, you if you stop working, you die. You die. Hundred mm. percent. You die. Your brain turns off. And the other thing is that your 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 job becomes your vacation. You, you know, mm. I mean, go go take four weeks someplace, 
with nothing to do and tell me what you're trying to do after two weeks. And if you're like <laughs> any of us, yeah, you're yeah, trying, leave, you're like, leave. give me anything. I've yeah. got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you give me four days. I'm looking like ready to go. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Vacations are tricky. Cause yeah, four or five days in, you kind of want to go home. Yeah, It depends you. on the mindset. It's see, most people go on vacation for escape. For guys like us, a vacation is an option, but it's like, what are we going to be doing on the vacation? You kind of do it for whoever you're with. Yeah, I yeah. find myself working when I'm on vacation, yeah, to sure. be honest. Yeah, because working's fun. Working is fun. Yeah, hold, hold on a second, sneeze. Oh, that was a cool, cool little quiet. <laughs> yeah, well, there may be another one coming. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't ever want to not work gotcha. because, you know, it's turning the wheels in your head. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's the fun. It's the figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's I know this is impossible, but it can't be that impossible. Let's mm-hmm. find a path through it. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as you do that, I mean, as long as this keeps working, you know, um, you're young. Mm-hmm. But turn it over to Vanna White and Wheel of Fortune and, and you've got about a month left. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you don't believe in retirement? No. 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 Because a lot of people kind of look forward to that. They kind of teach you that you work till 60, retire. It depends on what program you on. Right. It depends on what program you're in. He's not in the, He's not in that program. And back in his time, that was the program is to retire at 60, right? Well, I think that's not the case. I think the difference is this. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that work jobs that it's just the same thing every day Mm -hmm. you know you're a a school teacher and you teach math to sixth graders and every year you do the same job that you did the year before the kids are different but math didn't change Mm -hmm. and after you've done it 35 times you probably have had enough trying to explain how to solve this kind of a problem Mm -hmm. and 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 there's no growth in it there's no challenge in it it's just auto repeat. Mm -hmm. And so I can see where you put your time in. And the idea is once I've done my 30 years uh, that my pension kicks in, then I'm free to do what I want to do. And, and maybe you go out and do a little side hustle business Mm -hmm. or you go travel the world or whatever it is you have the freedom to do now play Mm -hmm. with your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And, and I understand that, or, you know, you work the line at the, the Purdue chicken factory pulling, you know, skin off or you worked a a Ford motor company, you know, putting bolts on, on, on wheels. And, and, and there's just not a lot of growth in that. Mm -hmm. So I see those kind of people stuck. And, and if I were one of those, I'd be, I'd be looking for the bell, like a kid looking for the summer vacation, Mm -hmm. you know, to start, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, get me out. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you have the freedom to do what we do, which is I want to work but I want to work at things that keep me stimulated, intellectually interested, then it's, it's never like it's a job. It's, right. it's just play. Right. So how do you deal with stress with work? Oh, I don't really stress. I mean, like in anything, once you have enough experience, you, you recognize that, that stress is like a rocking chair, you know, I mean, it just doesn't actually ever go anywhere. Mm. And, and what it does is it impedes your ability to solve a problem because, you know, your brain is firing, your, your, your cortisone is up, you're, mm-hmm. just, you're just all like, like this, mm-hmm. and you need to calm yourself back down. Mm. And, and so I've, I've really worked hard at, at being able to de-stress. And then sometimes stuff comes at you really, really fast. Somebody does something that's a, a betrayal, uh, some, somebody comes in from the outside and screws up something that you laid the groundwork for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and you're like you're angry for you just have to push it down right and just get back to solving the problem every problem is solvable really some things take more time some things take more money mm-hmm. some things take more persuasion mm-hmm. but the absent death most things can be solved negotiated gotcha. mm. What about family life? Like, what, what was that like growing up? Because you had success at a really young age. Well, I came out of a really good family. So, you know, I, I have, uh, I, I'm lucky. My, both my parents are alive still. Oh, wow, they are? They're still alive. Did they have you when they were young? Uh, not that young. So, wow. uh, they're in their good 80s. Good genetics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My grandparents, my grandmother lived 101. Whoa. My great-grandfather lived to like 103. Dang. So, yeah, I figure I've got another 50 years to go. So. Yeah. You can live to like 113. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Anything over 110, I consider winning. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. If you mm. could live forever, would you do it? No. I don't know what that would mean. I mean, if I could live forever and, you what, know. What kind of body, though? Yeah, that's the so point. So, the body you're in right now. Oh, like, would you? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? <laughs> but not like the shriveled up, like, uh, No, I no, don't want to no. be like getting, you know, wheeled up on the cart. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Stuff. Yeah, no. There's no fun in that. Wow, you're the first guest that said they would. Interesting. I wouldn't. I don't, I don't want to live forever. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I don't know what does forever mean. Well, but what are you trading for? What am I trading for? Right yeah, now? trading for. I trading mean, for? Yeah, I mean, what do you think happens when you're not living anymore? Um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you want to do your time here and just, you know, that's your time. What's up? Well, that's practical, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if I had a choice, it's just like I would, I want to live with my, whatever my forever is. All right. So forever for some people is 80s. Forever to yeah. some people is 110. Forever to some people is 70. Mm. But whatever my forever is, I want to fulfill that forever. Well, I'm with you. I I, I think that as long as your brain is functioning and your body's somewhat cooperative, Mm -hmm. then it's all good. Right. The second that that starts to melt, then you're just a prisoner Mm -hmm. of your chair. Mm. And and I think that's where it gets difficult. Agreed. Right. What, What do you think that, you know, growing older is some of the things that you realize? Is there any regret or do you feel like? In our generation and younger, what are some of the things that you look like, man? You're going to regret that when you're older. Trust me. Mm. Um, when I look back at your generation, yeah, I think every generation figures stuff out in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do worry about um, the the way that the, the newest generations have to face some of the damage that the older generations have done. Mm. You're seeing you know, massive climate disruption, and, and that's going to become worse you know, over the next 50 years and, 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 and all the, all the consequences of the irresponsibility of the way we've taken care of the earth so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. But I also look at stuff that, that kids are doing now that just scares the crap out of me. You know, the mm. casual use of the, the stuff that'll just, you know, when, when I grew up and kids played with, they were smoking cigarettes and smuggling beers or maybe getting some, you know, to smoke but mm-hmm. i mean now you know people are taking stuff and they're just dead mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's a problem mm. so. what do you what do you think caused that problem because it came what like 80s 90s mm. what drugs the no the I don't f- know came came that very recently just, oh, it just, just, just kind of showed up assault of this much can you like it just it what does it do to you I'm not sure. I, I, this is so scary to me. I don't really know. Like, here's here's what it, I can tell you what it does to you. What it does to you is 
it impairs your respiratory system. And so if you have just a little bit too much, it knocks you out and it slows your breathing. And if it slows your breathing enough, you don't wake back up. You're just dead. So you go very peacefully, but you're gone. And that's Narcan, which is the the drug that the the U.S. is finally, or the the, the antidote that the U.S. has finally legalized over the counter, um, basically removes that block on your respiratory system and you can start breathing again, Mm. assuming that somebody's awake to give it to you. Uh, yeah, yeah so. I saw EDC had a tent just full of that. Yeah. Oh, oh EDC had a tent full of it? Yeah, because a lot of people take uh, drugs, I guess, at yeah. that festival. Well, and there's a lot of things now that are coming up that look like they're one thing, but they're not. You know, there's a lot of a lot of pills that come across the border mm-hmm. that look like they're, you know, some sort of a, of, of a drug, not but in fact, it's, it's infused with because Crazy. that's the way they hook people and, and create more demand. Mm. But there's no regulation on how much, how strong. The batches vary. And mm. and that's why you're seeing this this incredible epidemic. Do you think this problem is fixable or are we too far in? There's nothing that we've been able to do so far to slow uh, as all. long as I've known. Um, I don't know how you fix this mm. other than... Uh, education and diversion mm-hmm. and, and I'm not trying to be too political we're going that way pretty quickly but <laughs> but we have a system in this country where we're the only first world country uh, on the planet that doesn't believe we should provide health care right we argue against health care mm-hmm. and we don't really have a functioning mental health system so we we handle all these problems with policing mm-hmm. and policing doesn't solve the kind of problems that start Mm. You know, you need diversion programs mm-hmm. and you need counselors and you need some alternatives so that when someone's in trouble right. that, you know, isn't backed by lots of family money to get in a program, mm. they can still get in a program and, and maybe, maybe get help to figure out alternate mm-hmm. paths. But in, in the absence of that, they're, they're dead. I mean, wow. it's, it's not if, it's when. Mm. That's right? scary, especially if you're having kids, you yeah. know, growing up, teenagers and stuff scary to think about yeah super because i mean the there's a like a huge huge epidemic of uses in general it's like mm-hmm. at an all-time high right right now for and real. i don't even know if the education would work because we had dare growing up did you guys have dare <laughs> yeah and dare. that was like a joke like we made fun of it to be honest <laughs> yeah because what is dare well but but um but dare was a program that was you know like a slogan program mm-hmm. you know you 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 have to you have to move away from the divisiveness that we have as a country mm. where everybody's trying to figure out why the other guy's dumb, stupid, mean, mm. evil, and move back to sort of being, you know, a, a single group of people mm. united to, to be part of a community. Mm. And, and only when you have community can you influence, influence behavior. Right now we have tribalism, mm. right? So if I don't like what you're doing... Our, our news media, our politics now tell me to go out and, you know, say you're terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and kids pick this up. They watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't learn about love. You don't learn about community. You don't right. learn about, you know, seeing somebody in trouble and helping them. You just walk by and kick them. No, right? or no, you film them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't help them. You record yeah. them bleeding to the... Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the new help. Right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, okay, well, this is the most unfun podcast I've ever been on. So, heavens, man, I don't even know what you've been talking about the rest of the day, but what are you doing to me here? <laughs> Let's end on a happy note. What's, what's bringing you happiness right now in your life? All the new friends I'm making. Mm. You know, really, I just go around and I, I go to things that are fun to do and I meet cool people. Right. And, you know, I, I'm in the time in my life where I have the, the ability and the time to, to make new friends mm. and, and explore those relationships. And the thing that I've learned, if you want to take one thing away from what happens when you get to be my age, mm-hmm. everybody has a story if you just ask them. Mm. And the other thing is, almost everybody has a joke if you let them tell it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so don't be shy. Go mm-hmm. talk to somebody you've never talked to right. and, and and actually talk to them. Listen, mm-hmm. and, and you'll find out that most people are really wonderful. I mean, there's some folks you'll just never be able to help. Right. But, but most people are wonderful. And, and once you learn that, it's a whole different world you move through, mm-hmm. right? Because any place you go, you're welcome. And, and anything that you want to do, somebody wants to help you do it. Yep. Mm. Right? Powerful. Uh, last question. Is happiness a choice? I think it's a choice to not be happy. I think that you make it. Some people make a choice um, that they're just they just don't want to put out the energy mm. because you have to put out the energy. If you mm. want to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Yep. Right. You can't just sit home and wait for the phone to ring. Nope. You have to, you have to give it and take it. Mm-hmm. You have to stand up for your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I get calls all the time. I have this issue or question, whatever I'm there, whatever mm-hmm. you need from me. Right. right. And vice versa. But if you're just like, you know, plugged in in front of Netflix for 17 hours a day, <laughs> right. You don't exist. Mm. Right. So, I think that it requires just that little push mm. to get out and be part of your community. Right. But once you start that, once you gain some momentum, just let it build. Mm. Wise words right there. Absolutely. Any closing uh, comments, Eric? No, I just love what you guys are doing. You know, what you're doing is really what I'm talking about. You're bringing in new people. Mm-hmm. You're talking to them. Mm-hmm. You're trying to understand their essence. Right. You're trying to share with other people what the world looks like in this case through my eyes mm-hmm. and boy you put me through the ringer i'll get you later for that <laughs> right right and 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 by doing that you you set an example that you know if the three of us can have this conversation that went all the way from how come you're at a music festival to mm-hmm. how do you fix the <laughs> problem to can you be happy mm-hmm, yeah. and we did it in like 22 minutes mm-hmm. i mean i mean anybody can do it right you can talk to anybody about anything mm-hmm. if you talk to them with respect and if you're respectful enough to listen mm-hmm. to what they say to you mm-hmm. that's the key listening a lot of people need to work on that <laughs> listening yeah that's the key wayne uh thank you guys for tuning in and watching the digital social hour thanks for tuning in guys i'll see you next time peace